0: I'm not just saying this because you dudes are here. Dude, y'all have a great podcast here. This thing's going to take, it's going to continue to take off. Hi, this is Sean Clinch, the host of Stories Inside the Man Cave Podcast, and I want to thank you for being a loyal listener and a loyal viewer of each of our episodes. And be sure to follow us on each of our social media platforms, that being our Facebook page, Twitter handle, and on Instagram. And a huge shout-out as we continue to grow We are gaining sponsors and partners, beginning with Jim Saxton State Farm Insurance Agency in Austin and Cosmic Coffee and Beer Garden on the south side of Austin. As for the partners, our community now, be sure to follow their platforms on Facebook and our latest and newest partner, that being Farmhouse Delivery in Austin, Texas. As for the next episode, let's ride wake your ass up or take a damn nap and we're the three best friends that anybody could have it's time
1: you were t- i mean sean you were twerking that's gonna happen you- <laughs> murph don't be a dick all your life
0: This is uh one of the, one of the more fun podcasts i've ever done hey i'll tell you what if you're not talking about sports in the man cave you no, i bet not say you're <laughs> out of bed
1: that's <laughs> it <laughs>
0: man this has been a long time coming i, I never would have thought back in um austin todd's days as a round rock dragon that six years later that we'd be sitting here talking about a career that just ended austin todd the pride of round rock texas man first of all i gotta tell you thank you for making time for an episode with me i know it has been fun watching you play at Texas coming off another college world series appearance, but man, how do you sum this up as far as, I mean, do you think it's a blessing for you that you got actually two more years of eligibility, so to speak?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, I, I love the little video that you, <laughs> you put up there for me. That was great. Um, you know, but to answer your question, I do. I think it was an absolute, you know, blessing in disguise, and coming back to the university for the, you know, after COVID happened, and I, I personally thought that my days of playing baseball after COVID hit, it was either going to go play in the pros or whatever, and or go find a job, and that was the first time that I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to expect, and I think uh, I got that year back, and they limited the draft to. What was it, five rounds that year? Yeah. And I was like, man, that's kind of stinks. Cause I think I was going to possibly go maybe in the 10, you know, in the top 10 rounds, but I wasn't going to go in the five. And so it was one of those things. Of, okay. I got an opportunity to come back and then go down again. And that, that, that year that I got back from COVID, I was just like, holy cow. And I remember yeah. calling, I remember calling Coach, Coach Miller cause that was, I just, I just said about the time that I didn't know what I was going to do. Well, that was the real moment of like, man, I don't really know what I'm going to do now. This is, uh, I was in tears and I was telling him, coach, is there any, any kind of way that I can come back? Is there any years of eligibility that I haven't used yet? And he was like, I think, let me just see. So he called me back a couple of days later and said, you haven't used your medical yet. You can, you can use that you haven't, you haven't played enough games yet. So why don't you just use your medical, get your surgery and go do it. I said, deal, deal. It's no deal. You ain't going (laughs) to tell me twice. So that's, that's what happened. But it was, I, I would say it was a blessing in disguise the the memories that I created and the, the relationships that i built over those six years. It's not everybody gets to do that. I mean, people, people leave in four years and they say, man, if I could only go back, well, I got to do that for two more years. So it was pretty awesome.
0: It was pretty amazing. And that's uh, the Austin Todd story is we're going to unbundle it in, in this first segment, segment two, we're going to get his takes on a few subjects of hot topics and have some fun with them as well. And before we go any further, we got to give a shout out and some love to Jimmy Saxton state farm insurance agency Jimmy is man on Austin Texas OG Westlake quarterback played for the Longhorns and his dad you know you'll you'll learn more about him in the middle segment uh he was a Heisman finalist his late father who was a tremendous man but this guy if for all of your insurance needs and I tell this story over and over Austin I I bought a new truck about three months ago called Jimmy he didn't answer but he texted <laughs> me he, he said I just called Chris at my office Uh, he's going to have your full, I'm in the dealership at town, North Nissan 30 minutes later, I'm fully covered, have the digital proof of it just like that within a half hour. And that's the kind of quality that, uh, Jim Saxton state farm is. Well,
1: heck I need a new truck too. So I might be calling him as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jim Saxton, State Farm, man. Hook a brother up in Austin Todd. (laughs) He's basically an ATX guy, round rock, massive city nowadays, but, uh, Man, I want to pull up a, a a picture for you. There's going to be quite a few coming up, Austin. This is going to be a lot of fun here. But this right here, I thought that I would pull up. I remember this tweet back when I was in my View days. When you committed to the yeah, University well, of Texas.
1: What's the date on that thing? 2000,
0: uh, it had to be 16, right? 15, maybe? 15? Was it 16? I, I the fall before 16. That's right.
1: Yeah, 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 it was. It was 2015. I remember exactly where I was when I committed to.
0: Where were you, and what what was Austin Todd like, the 2015
1: version, and were you thinking at that moment before you hit send? Oh, man, I remember uh, I was actually, me and my dad were out uh, at the surf and Surfside Beach, and we had just got done fishing. And I remember I had like two or three missed calls from um, – a couple of schools. I think it was, might've been McNeese state. And I think it was uh, Belmont. Yeah. And I, I had these uh, voicemails and, you know, they were saying that how they were interested in me and all this. And I, uh, I, I called, that was with my, my, you know, real dad. And I, I, his name's Eric and I called my mom and I called my stepdad. I was like, Hey, these guys are, these guys are calling me. I'd, what do you guys think? And they were like, you know, I think you know you probably know where where your heart is. And I said, yeah, I probably do. They were like, all right, well, quit beating around the bush with it. Let's go ahead and pull the trigger. So <laughs> I called. Uh, I remember I called Tom and Nicholson that day, and I told him I committed. I was ready to commit. And I remember it was one of the the best feelings that I had, you know, had and to that point in my career and all the hard work that I had, you know, being, being, I wouldn't say overlooked, but I was always, because I went to high school with, you know, five D one commits and Mason Thompson and Cameron Blake and guys like that. And, you know, they, my early in my high school career, like freshman, sophomore year, I just felt like I was kind of in their footsteps a little bit, like in their shadows. And, which, you know, honestly probably pushed me to work harder because yeah. they would get the area code invites and all that stuff. And I, I would sit back and I wouldn't get the invites. And I, I was like, man. And so I, it would push me to work harder. And I just remember, you know, when I committed, I was like, man, this is what a, what a sigh of relief. Just not knowing if I was going to play college baseball to go into the University of Texas. It was unbelievable. But I knew that when I hit that send button on that Twitter, I was like, okay, this is where the real work gets started. So I'm in for the long <laughs> haul, baby.
0: <laughs> I remember that day, and I remember that uh, we, we came out to uh, Round Rock when you and Cameron were, you know, talking about – I think it was Cam- – no, Mason. He went to A&M, right? C- A M, and right? Mason was committed to
1: – Mason was committed to Texas. Texas. Ma- Mason Cole and Cameron Blake were committed to A&M.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm glad you, I need you. I need you to correct me from time to time. That's, all, that's all right. It's been a few years. It sure has. <laughs> that That's amazing story because Round rock, as if people don't know, wherever you may be watching, if you're outside of the state of Texas, um, round rock, the dragons just North of Austin is it has been a baseball power for quite some time. Um, and Austin was a significant piece of that with Coach Carter up there. But when you look back, and we're going we're gonna to start from, I guess, from the top and work our way down, the Omaha experience, you got to experience it three times as a Longhorn. And I know this last one was really tough because all the adversity you guys went through started the year number one. and And, and I hate preseason polls. I'm just going to put that out there because it's all on potential, but then you guys had the team, but then the injury to Tanner, then you suffered another injury. Um, the bullpen had to grow up really fast, but reaching Omaha for a third time this year, did that mean more than maybe the other two at all? Or am I going off the deep end on that one?
1: I would say it absolutely did um, because you know, my sophomore year, I was I was starting in the beginning of it. And then mm-hmm. I, I got hurt. I was uh, I went down with my thumb and my shoulder. And then I wouldn't say that I was necessarily kind of the leader or the impact that I had on that team that I might have had on this team. So it, it meant a whole lot more. And, you know, getting to experience that Omaha and sophomore year, it was uh you know that's an experience that it'll make you grow up, and it'll make you have that that want to to be back, which I think that really kind of helped me in my career. But you know, it was Cody Clemens was an incredible player for us that year, and he he was our leader. He was the guy that you know made us all better, and he got us there. And you know, I think last year um, I was hurt again, so I actually didn't even get to go to the Omaha. So I I was sitting on the couch and I was watching, I was with the team the whole year and I was with the team in the dugout for the regional and the super regional. And then coach called me and was like, I can't bring you. And I was like, why? Yeah, (laughs) Why? And he goes, well, we have a, we have to cut our roster limit down because we're only allowed to travel so many guys for postseason or whatever it is. And, you're not one of them because you're hurt. So, you know, that kind of, that one stung a little bit. That one almost, I wouldn't say that left a bad taste in my mouth, but it was, it was one that you're like, okay, well, if I want to get back to that, I better start working hard and I got to remember this feeling and let this use, you know, push you as motivation. And I remember sitting on my couch with my family at Round Rock and watching the games. It's one of the toughest things that any, Anybody can do, especially being an athlete with the team. It oh, was my God. just seeing seeing them so close and you want you want them to win It's so bad and you want to be there cheering for them. You want to be in the dugout. <laughs> but you know, I was I was very uh you know happy to have been a part of the team and be with the guys as long as I did, but I think uh, you know, I learned a lot about myself in that year as well. And yeah, this year it was just to get back and to be, you know, have an impact on the team and be with the guys most of the year is just unbelievable.
0: You know, we'll talk about this year's team that, you know, I, I thought showed a lot of character. A lot of some people will say that they that the team fell short of goals going zero two in the College World Series. And I remember your post game press conference. I, I'm going to be honest with you; I'm just watching you on that. I mean, obviously, that's heartbreaking, man. That, that, that's tough. But I felt you on that because you were – I don't know how you did it. It's called being a professional, number one. Talk about it and answer questions. I mean, when you – because that's a rush of emotions. You're probably still numb because this is the one subject. You overcame a lot, namely injuries, to reach that point. I mean, how did you face that moment immediately afterwards and be rushed up to a press table to answer questions?
1: Uh, you know, I really—I was pretty numb, like you said. It was—it was one of those things that I was really trying hard not to be the last out right there. Yeah, and I—I uh, I remember, you know, just staying locked in on the game and. And it kind of crossed my mind that I'm going to get probably this is probably my last AB that I'm going to have in the burnt orange, and I was like, let's make it a good one. (laughs) So I got in that box, and I had saw the ball, you know, pretty good in Omaha, and I think that game, I think in the A and M game, I had three hits, and so I was I was really seeing it pretty well, and you know, the wind was blowing in pretty hard those those two days that we were playing, and not a lot of balls were flying out to left field in those days, but if you got it up to right, it was going out. But I hit that ball probably as a changeup and I hit that ball probably out as well as I could have. I think it was just maybe two or three feet short of the warning track. But I, I remember I was like, man, I hit the bag and I just remembered the, the emotions just hit me and I teared up a little bit and, watched A&M celebrate on, on the field, and, you know, it was one of those things that I would worked so hard for it. Like, and you know, you come up just a little bit short, and everybody in, on the team worked hard for it. And it was mm-hmm. one of those things that you kind of – you almost feel like you let the team down a little bit because you're the last out. And you don't want to have that feeling. It's kind of – just keep going. You know, keep extending that back. Get the next guy up. Maybe something can happen. And, yeah, it was – you know, to go into that media press conference, it was not something that, I, I mean, I was about as ready as I could have been, but yeah, just, just try to answer questions and, <laughs> you know, give them the answer they want to hear.
0: <laughs> well, you handled it well. I, and I know it sounds funny me bringing that up because I was once that guy with the mic or asking questions and with you and it, but my, you know, my approach was, you know, be honest, be real. Don't sensationalize it. But be respectful of the moment, but you know, get that raw emotion and and, and respect it. But one thing I loved about, it, well, this is all baseball players it are all sports. Period. The nicknames, the aka, so to speak. Who started this? The Todd Father. I mean, it's a it's a it's a solid solid nickname, by the way. You know, a playoff The Godfather. You know, there's been grandpa. There's been everything. Uh, uh, there was probably people wishing you had grandchildren by now to have another Longhorn go through the system. That's a Todd. But who started that? How did the, And when did I, that really become a thing?
1: I'm not going to lie to you, Sean. I, I really don't even know who started that. <laughs> I uh, I saw it on an Instagram post. I think Texas Baseball posted after a home run I hit, and people started catching on to it. So. Yeah. I think there's a lot of nicknames in that going around in that locker room. And I think, you know, Ivan has called me that a couple of times, and But Coach Pierce has called me Grandpa, like you said, and Pops. And <laughs> I've heard it all. But I tell you, that that nickname is nothing like the Hispanic Titanic. I tell Ooh,
0: you that. that. That is – so speaking of that, what was that like watching him? I mean, let's just face it, Austin – you guys have had – that was one of the I'm, – I'm not lying to you when I say this or just exaggerating because you're here. That's one of the best college lineups I have ever seen in person my entire life, watching that and watching Staley, you know, protecting him and, and throughout the whole lineup. So watching him do what he did and to develop because of too low, too low developed, all of you, but – Watching him do what he did, I mean, from a player's perspective, and you can be raw with this because that's – I think a lot of people attended the games to see if he would do it every home game.
1: Yeah, I mean, we got to sit back and watch. It was kind of a uh, – you know, a player like that comes around once in on a blue moon. And I got to see, you know, Cody Clemens. Yeah. And he was an incredible player too as well. And it just – you know – I think Cody was a finalist for the Golden Spikes. I think, he, uh, I think somebody beat him out, but I think it was Andrew Vaughn beat him out. But mm-hmm. just seeing the difference of players of Cody and how he would go about the game and kind of the things that he did, Cody was – he hit home runs, but he would get a lot of base hits too. Right. And Ivan, when he hit that ball, like that was a different sound. Like we would all – we would all just sit back and kind of in batting practice, even just like, Holy cow. Like, how are you doing that? Like, we're all asking them questions. Like, how did you, how did you hit that ball that far? Like you did. Like, well, can you, can you give us something? Like maybe, maybe it'll click with us. But that brother out. <laughs> no kidding. But yeah, no, he was an incredible player. and I'm so happy for that guy. And yeah. he's, he won all the awards and he deserved it. He was a incredibly hard worker and yeah, that, that kid is special. And, you know, that lineup, like you talk about, we took a lot of pride in, you know, having that lineup kind of like that. And that was one of the things that we would come to the field every day and talk about is be the best lineup that, you know, in the nation. And I don't know if we were, or we weren't, but I, I, could, I probably could tell you that we might be the best lineup at the University of Texas ever, but that was a, uh, that was an incredible, unbelievable lineup to be part of and i hope i hope that you know next year's lineup is even better
0: yeah they, there's a potential you know and uh it is texas and that's one of the reasons why you made the short trip from Round rock to become a longhorn and one thing about you that I, i've appreciated is you stayed true to who you are you're an outdoorsman and, and i'm gonna you know we're gonna do picture association here we got a little bit of Austin, as an outdoorsman, here. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. Look at this right here.
1: Oh, there we go.
0: So, Austin tied the outdoorsman to the left. I'm trying to. I can't really tell how many points. Where? How? How big was that buck, and where was it? So that
1: deer right there. I have been watching that deer for three years now. Yeah, and I he was he was about six when I shot him, so I'd been I kind of watched him grow up a little bit. That was out at my uh, deer lease out in Marble Falls. Okay, and uh, that deer right there scored 147 inches in Boone and Crockett, which I thought it might break the 150, but it didn't. Um, it was 14 points. It had a kicker. I don't know if you can see on that G2 on the left. He's got a, two kickers right there, and it was identical on the right side. So that deer, it was, that deer was a very special deer to me because that, in that picture right there on the bottom right, you get to see who I got to shoot it with. Your grandpa. And he was right there alongside him with me. And that man right there, he's 83 years old and he still gets around with the youngest, youngest of the group. So he, uh I drag him fishing and drag him hunting and we, we get up in the mornings and we get up at the butt crack of dawn and we go at it. So. It's a, it's awesome to have him alongside with me, and that's a, that's a memory. I got that deer mounted, and I got that picture right there on the right. I got that framed, and so I got that picture right below the mount, so I get to look at it when I go home.
0: Some good looking deer, and those are beautiful. And then up, upper right, um, those are some uh, amazing looking redfish caught out in the bay there.
1: Yeah, that actually, that picture right there, that was all of our catches but i had <laughs> i had wasn't a, it wasn't just me but i mean i had i contributed to that so there was me my buddy that i go fishing with down to port o'connor then bryce elder and then uh, Justin Eckert and that trip and so that was all the uh that was all the redfish that we caught that that day and we actually me and bryce were walking my buddy his name's dave he caught he, he owns the boat and he owns the house and he dropped me and Bryce off uh, kind of around this island down to Port O'Connor. And he they kind they dropped us off and then they went about a mile or so. And they said, all right, we'll wade fish towards the boat. And then whenever you get to the boat, then, you know, we'll go or wherever we'll move spots. Well, on our way to the boat, I we were me and Bryce were not catching anything. We hadn't even gotten a bite. And I'm thinking, man, this is uh, like it was it was The tides weren't really moving too much. And Mm -hmm. so I was thinking, man, that bites are just tough today. And I heard this splash kind of towards the island. And I was like, Bryce, just keep fishing. I'm going to go over here. And there was a back lake in that island. And I looked in that that water, and that water was probably about two feet deep, and I could see tails sticking up, and I said, Bryce, come on, come on, so we sneaked in, I said, we sneaked in that back lake, and we wore them out, and then the the (laughs) boat came and tried to find us, and we told them, hey, we got reds in this back lake, and they got in that back lake with us, and we, we probably caught, there was four of us, so that's 12 redfish right there, we probably caught 25 redfish, and throwing throwing back keepers. Unbelievable. That's a, that's a day right there that you, you pay a lot of money for and we oh, got to yeah. do it for free.
0: Any tips on what do you do when you're red fishing that is automatic for you? I know they have to, you have to be there, but what do you do? What have you learned through your experience on, so, so you can have a productive red day?
1: Well, personally, I'd like to start with the trout first in the morning. I like okay. to, cause the, the trout generally bite a little bit better when it's cooler. And so I always go out deeper. I start deeper and try to catch those trout out in the guts. Um, and then once the sun comes up and those trout start to wear off, then I go up into the back lakes because generally when that tide's falling, then they'll get trapped back in there. Or if there's a high tide, then they'll get back in those back lakes as well. And yeah, I mean, there's always redfish in those back lakes. You just got to find them. And you, you could come back with an absolute meat haul with those <laughs> trout and redfish. So, and there's been times where I go in those back lakes and trying to find redfish and I catch trout. So you never know what you're going to catch, crazy. but it's, uh, it's, it's a different world down there. And I love it. It's you never know what you're going to catch and never know what you're going to see. I've seen some crazy stuff, wade fishing down there and some stuff that's made me walk on water back to the boat, some stuff that I want to go see again. So, but, it's a, I love going down there.
0: It's beautiful. And it's the Texas Gulf Coast is very underrated to people who are not aren't aware for, you know, sport fishing. Um, Austin Todd here, Round Rock native, Texas Longhorn baseball great. Spent six great years. And as he mentioned, it was a blessing. And before we move forward, uh, be sure to like us, uh, follow Light Stories Inside the Man Cave on all the social media platforms. We're now on TikTok. I finally gave in. Uh TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. I know it (laughs) Some of the things I see on TikTok, Austin, are I'm just like
1: you're like a high school girl. I know TikTok.
0: It's exactly. I'm over here thumbing these videos and entertained, wasting a lot of time trying to get off of that. That's what it is. (laughs) Hey, one thing that you got to experience, um, it's a baseball family with the parents and occupy left field and luck would have it that uh, I've got a picture to associate that and Mark Pena and that, and that entire group with left field are some phenomenal folks and you'll love this one. Um, cause there's a certain lady in there that you'll with your Jersey, uh, that's your mom. Sure is. Um, that was last year i believe i I think i took that but man how do you sum up this experience with occupy left field that and the parents and those the fans who jump on board mark mike murphy Eric prescott all those guys uh jeff cross i mean it's a pretty phenomenal fraternity if you think about it with the moms and dads involved
1: oh i mean that whole occupy left field thing and Mark Pena does over there, it's uh, – I love it. I, I think it's incredible for UT. I think it's great for our baseball program. And, you know, they have our backs, you know, throughout the season. And I can't thank them enough, you know, as a player. And I think, you know, I know that whenever I was here in freshman year, they had a wall. Yeah. I think they had they had the wall up there. <laughs> And so they would always be peeking their heads over the, over the wall, which I was like, these guys are dedicated, man. Like I would never sit out there looking over a wall, but <laughs> once they took the, that wall down and you just start to see it grow and more people come and get involved. And yeah, the parents, the parents loved it too. Cause they get to go over there, have, a, have a drink or two before they go into the game. And I might, they were, you know, Mark and Jeff and guys like that. They were, they were so good to my family, and my family, you know, I know that they really do appreciate what they do for us and being very supportive of us, and, you know, they, they're friends now, and they, I know that my, my family will probably go to a game next year, and I'll, I'll be there as well, probably out in left field you know, having <laughs> a drink with those guys.
0: That's going to be fun to have, Austin Todd on the other side and that, you know what, that kind of brings up the next point. Um, and, and and it's, listen, you got to keep your options open. You never know. And I know that you've been through a lot with the MLB amateur draft. It used to be in June. I'm glad they moved it, because they used to be during the college world series, which was absolutely dumb. If you ask me. So uh, this year, I mean, I would expect that you will receive, be drafted and there's 20 rounds. Um, will this be, will this be the third time? Is that for you? Cause you were, were you drafted at a high school? I no, thought, uh, no. Okay.
1: I, I haven't ever been drafted.
0: I thought you were. Okay.
1: I've gotten calls about in the COVID COVID year. I could have gotten drafted my junior year. Yeah. Um, turned down the money for it. I've, it wasn't what I wanted. And so they didn't even pull my name and then, COVID happened, yeah. you know, and that was the one that I thought I might get drafted, you know, that year and limited it to five rounds. So I think people were calling about a free agent, you know, deal. Yeah. And that wasn't something that I wanted to to look into either. And then, you know, this year it's going to be, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I think, uh, I think the numbers that I put up were okay this year, but I think, you know, it's one of those things I'm a little older and, you know, like I've been through a couple injuries, you know, now. And so I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed if things don't go the way that I want to, because I think that I've had a very good run at it. And, you know, I, I think uh, I'd be OK if it didn't, you know, work out. But I think uh, I'm, I'm going to remain hopeful and, you know, we'll see what happens and just go from there.
0: Well you've been through a lot and I would imagine and I'm just putting I'm just assuming when you go through and fight through what you have in your body just and your mind meet up and basically come to an agreement all right that's enough. We've yeah. enough. I don't know if that's what you're
1: feeling or not. You know I I wouldn't say that you know my body it's not when I was 18 19 years old anymore but it's I'm definitely not 50 yet either but <laughs> I think, uh, it's definitely getting close to that time where, you know, it may be telling me I need to stop, but you know, I'm not sure if I'm ready to give in yet.
0: Uh, I don't doubt you one bit. And I I think you still have some, my opinion doesn't matter, but I, I would not surprise me if you're in minor league baseball this time next year, fighting through the system. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if, uh, you're with some fortune 500 company either. So I don't,
1: (laughs) well, either either way, way, either way, I hope it all works out the way it's. Oh, it will.
0: When Austin Todd's involved, there's no (laughs) doubt. All right, Austin manscape.com. You've probably heard of them. They're They do a hell of a job marketing and we're one of the podcasts lucky enough to Stories inside the man cave was uh is they decided to sponsor and they they constantly evolve and you we've heard that word a lot pivoting evolving since uh covid well you know all of our as men our significant others would prefer us I, I'm not to resemble a German black forest below the bell
1: you, you know, know what? you're probably right my girlfriend probably not like that very much. <laughs> The latest and greatest <laughs> package, and I got to ask
0: Manscaped.com if they can hook up Austin Todd with this one, the ultra smooth package. I mean, it is a three-step process, you know, and you got to have humor when dealing with this. Now, this is like uh, kindergarten, the show and tell let's read, let's point to the illustrations.
1: They have instructions on that thing too, huh? Absolutely.
0: You gotta <laughs> get in the shower, Austin. Then you got to scrub it and as you can tell it's a ball. And then you got to lube it up. Then it's showtime meaning the razor. Well, step 1 Austin is the gentle exfoliant for the growing area. It's essential. <laughs> you know? Then you go to step 2, the clean growing shaving gel.
1: John, did they give you manscape for your head too? Or?
0: They did. You know, I, I need, they need to upgrade because the follicles are growing back. But my follicles, they go two inches and stop, and it looks like a a premature porcupine. You
1: know oh it? man, that's good stuff.
0: The razor, buddy. It, size isn't everything. You know. You don't... <laughs> oh man. And there's the, the little extra blades. That full. is awesome. Shaving care for down there. You know, they're all about the love for men's balls. Take care of them, man. And That's right. Testicular cancer awareness is what they're about, too.
1: You only got one set in your
0: life. One set. And you live once. Take care of them. That's um, right. So, Austin, if you and, and the Horns or whomever else, your family, Maybe your dad, maybe any guy watching right now. Go to manscaped.com, look for the ultra smooth package, and use this promo code right there, mancave20, for 20% off. It's all one word. You won't regret it. Hey, this is time for Austin to tell some good stories. I told some manscaped.com stories. Um, The Manscaped story, Manscaped, excuse me, Man Cave, brought to you us uh, by Jim Saxon State Farm Insurance Agency. Is there one, Austin dugouts are the best, or clubhouses are usually the best for these type of stories to initiate. There's a lot of them. Is there one in particular that you love to tell?
1: You know, I absolutely love that you uh, just did the whole promo for the Manscaped because it's going to fall right into my story. no. Way. That's unbelievable. So, uh one of the best stories that I've got, uh, I was I was a junior. We were down in Stanford, and Mike McCann was my roommate. Uh, I had... He was my roommate on the road, and he was my roommate as well, you know, at home. Yeah. And he was the catcher in the Stanford game, and I remember we were we were probably losing. I don't think we did too well over there at Stanford. Uh, but I remember Mike, he was back there and a foul ball. I don't remember who was pitching. Oh, but a foul ball do was, remember this. The foul ball was hit. And I'm sitting in that, in right field uh, in this game. <laughs> and it's dark. Like it, it's, you know, there's no, it's everything is sleeping, right? Animals and all that. And I'm, I hear he gets this foul ball and it hits off the dirt and it goes right underneath his cup and hits him right in the contact. Oh, and God. I, I have never heard a grown man wheeze like I heard him wheeze. I mean, it was it, – oh. I was looking in the outfield like, holy cow, there's a bird. Like <laughs> there's got to be a bird out there in the trees. Like I've never even heard of this bird. And it was McCann laying on the dirt <laughs> oh <my laughs> and I'm God. sitting there and I'm sitting there. Oh my God. I feel so bad for him. Well, I get back to the hotel and McCann, he left to go to the hospital, I guess, to make sure everything is still intact and in place. working in place and that he wasn't going to lose, you know, his manly there in California. And <laughs> I uh, get back to the hotel and he's uh, I remember we stayed at the Weston, and the Weston always had, you know, robes. Whenever we would walk into the hotel, they would have two robes for us. And he's sitting in his robe eating a Snickers bar, and he's (laughs) sprawled out on top of the bed. And he looks at me, and I walk in with my jersey on, and I said, he is, I mean, pretty much nothing, nothing is on. He's just got his robe on. And he looks like he had just gone through it. But he looks at me and I said, God dang, Mike. I said, Why don't you just go ahead and wine and dine me first? Take me on a date. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. That, was, <laughs> that, is, that is one of the greatest, uh, you know, memories that I have of Mike oh. McCann playing baseball.
0: <laughs> and the way you described it, I remember that now. That's got to be some of the worst pain.
1: Oh, I can only imagine. I would hate for that to happen to me, but oh. rather rather it be him than me.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: And was
0: that the same series in which the field was wet out in the outfield?
1: Uh, it was – I don't know if it was wet in the outfield, but it was wet on the, on the mound. Like a shower had just come down. It was sunny, yeah. and there was like literally one little cloud. And it just dumped right on the field. And I don't know if that was just a sign of the weekend. Maybe yeah. he was just telling us, hey, you guys need to get out of here. <laughs> but wow. it just torched that mound. God,
0: Michael McCann, pride of Cedar Ridge High School. That's He's good people.
1: He is. He, he is. I still gr- talk to he him. Was a
0: good catcher, man. Tough kid. He is. Hey, he's a fine American too.
1: <laughs> he sure is. Yeah. <laughs> good friend.
0: I mean, I'm glad you guys stayed connected. But yeah, now, now that you bring it, that was all now the visual of him in the robe. Now I can't, I can't unsee it. I can't unsee it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he did not care either. He was <laughs> he was hurt. Hey,
0: brother, we're gonna take a really quick break and we're gonna have some fun on the other side. I got another surprise for you for segment two with the Austin Todd, and we've got more coming up on the other side of the break. For all of your insurance needs, look no further than our primary sponsor, Jim Saxton State Farm Insurance Agency. The ATX OG has been insuring Austin for over three decades. And get this, Jim Saxton is a Longhorn legacy. He is the son of the late great James Saxton, who was a Heisman finalist. Be sure to give him a call or better yet, visit his website, saxtoninsurance.com and tell him that the stories inside the Man Cave Boys are Recommended you. G- this is JJ Gotch, CEO of the Austin Gamblers. And segment two of Stories Inside the Man Cave is next. Pete Hansen. deal here, and Todd Blisters, one left field, That thing carry, lock it, lock it, rock it, restock it. Long court shot, two nil. Unbelievable. Did anyone, do you know who caught that? That was one of the hardest hit homers I've ever seen at the college level. Especially indoors.
1: No, no, I don't think anybody caught it. It was open it was that second deck. There was nobody up there. That was, uh, that was one of the best feelings I've, you know, best home runs I've hit because just that feeling off that bat, as soon as I hit it, I knew Oof. it was gone. And I gave it a little bit of – a little watch as I walked out of the box too. But that was a – I battled my butt off in that A.B. And I got a pitch, didn't miss it.
0: Yeah, well, did he throw it right? I mean, right in the zone. Where, what, where, where is your soft part in the zone that you gravitate to?
1: Uh, soft part as in like my my
0: go to spot or like yeah yeah where what well specifically to that pitch.
1: You know, honestly, I really wasn't looking for anything right there. It was, I think it was three two. Yeah, and I was I was battling trying to just get to the next base, and I had fouled off some probably hittable pitches in that at bat uh early on the year, but you know, or, or early on the, in the bat. And so I I I was just thinking, you know, get to the next pitch, get to the next pitch, just keep battling, get his pitch count up. And yeah. he I he had just thrown me that slider, I think, and I fouled it and I hit it foul. I think it might have been a home run. And I was like, okay, that was I hit that ball pretty good. I was like, I just if he throws it again, I think I got it. And he threw it the exact same pitch. I don't miss Man, this one.
0: <laughs> that sounded good, and your reaction was even better. It sounded like an alligator chomping down on a turtle, a large yeah. turtle.
1: Sounded like a shotgun.
0: That's yeah. That's more like buckshot coming out. Buckshot. As we move forward here, the future of Texas Longhorns baseball—it's just—it's kind of like a reload situation. It seems like every year, you know, you've got. Sean Allen he's going to he's not going to be around. Um, my opinion and your opinion too, Tolowitzky, Troy Tolowiski did wonders for the past 3 years on hitting. We don't know who will play those roles. He's moving on. And that's major college athletics at its finest. What can you say and and now we have the transfer portal which is part of every sport from what you see and what you know, and and obviously you don't have to say anything, but, I mean, should Longhorn fans be concerned or is this in a good place with Coach Pierce? Because I I think Coach Pierce has a track record of tremendous amounts of success already.
1: I think uh, we always go by saying, you know, baseball is trust the process. And I think uh, this is one of those things that, you know, Nobody know, really knows. And so I think, uh, you know, just being a, an ex-player now from, from them, I just, you just got to trust the process and mm-hmm. trust what, you know, Coach Pierce is doing over there and know that, you know, he's doing all this for a reason. And we we don't know what that all reason is. Right. We don't need to know what that reason is. We'll find out come the spring. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, the transfer portal with the one-time, you know, you know, transfer. Uh, what right. what is the rule? Whatever the whatever rule they have that you One can play. Transfer, yeah, yeah, that you can play right away. I think that you know that benefits schools like us. I think, I think coach will definitely look into that and find some some guys. I mean, heck, he he found Mike Antico and now this year Skyler Messenger. So he's gonna definitely use that transfer portal and bring in some talent. And I I can't wait to see kind of the guys that he brings in as well as, you know, the guys that were returning, I think, uh, you know, Mitchell Daly and Dylan Campbell. And, you know, there's some guys that are, that are freshmen that are going to have to step up as well. And I think uh, it's definitely a possibility that they can step up and play a big role for Texas. And I think, I think that they're, they're going to have a fun fall and they're going to get better. And I think uh, I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Uh, Yeah, it was so much fun watching some of those young guys like Dylan Campbell. I mean, that's a kid you guys saw in fall ball. As I'm looking for a certain picture that I wanted to bring up for you, Um, and for some reason I can't find it. But when, like, take Dylan Campbell for example. I mean, you guys kind of saw it in the uh, fall, and then the alumni game, he really came onto the scene. Have we seen the ceiling for that kid, or is it just the beginning?
1: Uh, I don't think you have I think uh, he's I mean this year he was kind of up and down in the lineup he was kind of a guy that he was starting and playing every day and then he got kind of benched and then I wouldn't even call it benched he just kind of got put off to the side a little bit and uh, yeah I, I me and coach would talk about it a little bit and I would tell him like hey that Campbell kid he's he's gonna play a big role for us I think and coach coach was all on board he's like I know I, I think he will too and I I told him you know I, I just kind of told Campbell that hey you need to keep working hard and you're going to get your time you're going to get your time and you know he was really good for us in the postseason and you know in that ECU game big two big hits for us and wow. I I think that he's he's going to get those at bats and he's going to mature as a baseball player and you know as a as a hitter and I think this summer, I think he's going to go play summer ball somewhere and, and definitely get better from that. So I think he can, I think it's just getting started. I can't wait to see what he does next year.
0: I can't either. I I love, love, well I love watching each of you in that lineup and even the younger guys. I But Dylan, man, he, it's just another part of that lineup. Yeah, He's so athletic. Now, um, uh, Coach Schlossnagg at AM called this the golden era of college baseball, which brings me to this Last Stand Hats, our guy, Mike, uh, Mike Murphy, who is the owner operator of Last Stand Hats. And when you talk about the golden era of baseball, you mentioned that we both talked about the transfer portal. Now you have name, image, and likeness, and you've been the benefactor of it. You have, you built your own brand, the 44 logo. Um, with mike and, and and you've had I mean as a player, I've never had a chance to really or thought about it. how has that helped you and, and it, it goes beyond the monetary value, correct?
1: you know I think that the nil deal and all that it's a very beneficial to the players right I think it can serve as a distraction at times right. um, but I do think that there's a lot more benefits than if you can, if you can manage it. Cause I mean, being a student athlete, you have to manage your time with school, with baseball, it's all managing and this is just something else. So, I mean, I yeah. think if you can manage it correctly and, you know, seeing some of these guys, like, I don't know about in baseball, like Occupy left field foundation is, is mm-hmm. doing a great thing over yeah. there. And I think, You know they're starting something that could really turn into something great for for Texas, and I think it's headed in the right direction. But I think football hasn't figured out. Yeah. And I think if if it ever can get to somewhat similar of what football has, I think that it'll be tremendous for the players and for the program. And I think that uh, you know, but some of these guys in football, like some of these freshmen that haven't even played a down yet making millions of dollars and it unreal just blows me away i mean blows me away and i'm just like man i hope these guys can catch a football or can go play some defense or something but unreal you know i think uh i think definitely you know it's a it's a great air for all of us and you know i wish this was a thing when i was a freshman not necessarily a six year but <laughs> it's all right i got a year of it
0: yeah, you got to experience it it's only gonna I would I would assume at, a, at some point there will be a less of a gray area. But you I guys think,
1: should have that opportunity. I think the NCAA will probably put some kind of restrictions on it. I think yeah. that you know, some of these guys there is potential that they could make more for than their coaches.
0: And that's amazing. And if, my it mind. Ever,
1: if it ever gets to that point then I mean, how do you how do you coach a guy and how do you how do you tell a guy what to do when that kid is gonna say, Man, I'm making more money than you, what do I gotta listen to you? But I don't know. Hey,
0: one of those guys, and you mentioned UT football, and all of a sudden now now Sark has done it he inherited a, a, a bad situation and tremendous amount of talent but his recruiting has been phenomenal and this last three days last three or four days Austin has been phenomenal especially when you think about they got now back-to-back number one quarterbacks and this one right here we've got a Manning coming off
1: when you know you know and there's no point in dragging
0: it out and you know creating some drama and I'm not a big fan of the the hat reveal,
1: you know, the whole deal. So I know that's part of the show now, but I kind of liked how he did it. Once he knew, he, he you know, sent the word out. And- okay.
0: So Arch Manning, they're calling him the perfect prospect. There's only been three and Vince Young being one of them, as far as a score of talent, um, your thoughts on this, because it seems like they're receiving a commitment every hour in the last two or three days?
1: Um, you know, I think that's great. I think uh, it's definitely, we need that as a football team. And I think that, you know, the more recruits that we can get in here, you know, whether they're two star, three star, four, I don't care. I really don't. I, because you and I both know that all the competition is going to be done on that field yep, and in practice. And I think Arch Manning, I think – it's definitely really cool that he's committed here, and I I truly hope that all the hype around this kid, kid you know, I hope he can stay level-headed up here, mm-hmm. and I hope that he can, you know, stay a hard worker, which I'm sure he is because, yeah. you know, Peyton Manning, and I'm sure he's not going to let it get to his head. But, you know, I just think that I'm excited to see him compete, and I hope that he competes because whether he's going to compare him to Vince Young, Colt McCoy, Sam Ellinger, whoever, I mean, you can't compare a kid that hasn't played yet. So I think that's one of my biggest takeaways on it is, you know, you got to do all the talking on the field and you got to go win a job. And, you know, there's Quinn Ewers; He's going to be here as Mm -hmm. well. So you got to go. I don't know if he's even going to be the starting quarterback this year. Who knows? So all I know is you're going to have a quarterback room and there's going to be a a bunch of positions and you're going to be fighting for a job. So go, go get it. Go get it. That's what we tell all of our baseball guys. Go get it. Go get it.
0: Earn it. Earn it. it That's exactly it, right. It, it's about to, I think we're two seasons away from the, it, it becoming a, a pretty special place again in Austin, Texas, as far as football goes they're, 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 It's this close. It's about to, you earn. know,
1: I think, uh, you know, and I hope that, I hope he's not too concerned about what's, what's going on with, you know, his personal stats. He's going to probably do really well with the whole NIL deal. And I hope that he can step in and he can understand that, Hey, football, it's a, it's a team game. Yeah. And we go as you go. Like, like you don't, you're not going to, we don't, we're not satisfied with you throwing six touchdowns and losing like, we're going to, you do your job, everybody else is going to do their job and you're going to look up at the school board after and there's probably going to be a W. So if as long as everybody does their job on the team, that's all you can ask.
0: I love it. And then that that's a good transition to this, quick draw questions. So I'm going to say a name or a topic and you give me a quick response and we'll have some fun with it. Um, Ivan Melendez. How would you – what's your quick response to that name?
1: Unbelievable player. One of the best players I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> the football helmet after a home run in the dugout.
1: I think it's a great tradition that started. I think, uh, you know, we, we could maybe – if we can bring it out 100, I don't know how many home runs that we hit. If we can bring it out 133 or whatever, 34 more times next year, that would be great. Can never Have get you- too tired of the of the football helmet.
0: How would you describe Sky Messinger's motion
1: with the hips while he's at bat? You know, I think I, I really like it. I know what he's trying to do. Uh, some of us wouldn't understand it, you know, but as a hitter, I know what he's trying to do, and I think it is definitely really something. But to the outsiders, it just looks like, what is this guy doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> is L Ray on your Apple Music Playlist?
1: It will be after uh, he gets drafted. <laughs> Cause we're probably going to be celebrating.
0: <laughs> and lastly, John Carter.
1: Unbelievable dude. Uh, couldn't be more, you know, happy to play for that guy. And he's a, he's a good family friend of ours. And so, you know, looking forward to go play golf with that guy. Hey y'all,
0: Kevin Hutchison here with Realty Austin. And I am grateful to be a part of Stories Inside the Man Cave. A homegrown podcast, just like my own business.
1: Hey, Ben, tell me something good.
0: Austin, this is my favorite, one of my favorite and least favorite, because it means we're coming to an end. Real quick, man, tell me something good that's going on in your life that you're looking forward to. I mean, everybody, all good things must come to an end. That being your baseball career, in college at least. Um, Tell me something good, my brother.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, you know, not necessarily kind of what I'm doing, but I think, you know, I've struggled through a lot of, I wouldn't say even struggled. I I went through a lot of adversity in my career. I think adversity is something that we, you know, as people, we kind of, we can, it's going to hit us at some point. Adversity is always going to hit, find us and, the the people that can, you know, excel past that ones are the ones that are ready for it. And I think adversity, you know, it can make or break you. I mm-hmm. think uh people that stay mentally strong and and can push past that can overcome just about anything that they want to. And I think that, you know, being through those times of injuries and everything that I've gone through in my six years here and even in my career in baseball, I think uh there has been nothing short of being adverse times and and times that a lot of people would have folded on. And I think that, uh, you know, I've learned that about myself and I think that I can use that, you know, as a benefit in life. And I think that uh, I can be a benefit to other people as well, whenever I can see them going through adversity as well. And There's not anything that we can't do unless we put our minds to it.
0: 100%. Man, that's, Austin, Todd, you've, you've had an opportunity to get to know him a little better through this episode, and uh, I knew it when he was at Round Drop. He was something different. It may be just the Round Drop boy thing. You know, that Round Drop folks are pretty special people, and, uh, man, it has been fun watching you play. I'm glad that you decided to stay close to home, but, man, if you would have gone to Tech, AM, and m or anywhere else, I would have still followed you the same. I know a lot of people. I've become significant fans of yours uh, during your time on the 40 acres.
1: Well, I appreciate that, and I, you know, I had one goal in the in mind, and that was that was to win a national championship. But I didn't make that, and you know, as le- at least if I could have left the University of Texas baseball program in a better place than I found it, that was that was the next goal. So I hope I done that, and I hope that I represented Round Rock and UT very well.
0: I can answer that for everybody. Yes, yes, and yes. Hands down, you left it in a better place. And I think you learn, and I think you earned tens of thousands of fans. And I know City of Round Rock and Dragon Baseball. What is it called? Hard Rock Baseball? Yeah, Rock Baseball. Rock Baseball. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I'm thinking. Hard Rock. What is that? It's a cafe. <laughs> oh, my God. Brother, we are proud of you, and I'm really appreciate you jumping on. I cannot wait to see what, what's on the future for you. And I know the man, the OG man cave boys will help me get this started would we'll feel the same way for, and that's Hardball Harge, Big Mike, and Coach Mo. And for now, the VIP alumni of Stories Inside the Man Cave, that being Austin Todd, we are.
1: You see the drippy, I'm fitted up Up in my car in the giddy up